0: Hello loves and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I'm your host Lindsay Mack and it is such a joy and an honor to be gathered with you in this virtual space. As always, thank you so much for being here. So we are diving into the eights today, which I think is quite fitting since we looked to the fours a couple weeks ago and You know, the eights at their root, at their core, are about transformation and emergence. Really what it is to shift, to shed, to go into that cocoon and come out as a butterfly. Like what is that alchemical process like? So much of that is contained in the eights, which are such unbelievably sacred um, hugely exciting, wonderful cards to form kind of deeper bonds with, and beyond that, I think uh, it's quite timely to talk about them since we are entering into, to put it mildly, a time of huge potential transformation in the coming month and especially next year. We're moving into the eclipse portal that will take us through. November 30th, all the way to December 14th. And then one week later, we'll be moving through the solstice and the great conjunction, both happening on December 21st. Um, and the great conjunction in and of eclipses are radically transformative, uh, kind of portals for very accelerated growth. And really, um, I like to, uh, think of the energy of eclipses as kind of like getting a haircut where, um, you can and should absolutely come in with a clear view about what you would like. Um, but it's almost like putting yourself in the hands of a tremendously gifted and talented, um, stylist who will, uh, really has a vision for your hair <laughs> that, um, the best thing you can do, the eclipse energy is kind of hang out and let your hair get cut and let whatever wants to fall away or whatever wants to come up while you're sort of in that chair to happen. And the great conjunction, which um I mean, is huge, it's um Jupiter conjunct Saturn and Aquarius, um, is literally a, a new era of of life and of energy and of lessons of of those planets moving into um both air signs but having it happen in the energy of aquarius is very tied to the star collective healing collective reclaiming and because of its aquarius's connection with uranus is totally in alignment with the fool so we've got transformation we got change happening in our faces across the board some of it Um, Over the next month will be about surrendering, allowing that transformation to unfold within us, really allowing that energy to guide us, to take us rather than trying to grip and control it, and also absolutely doing our work and emphasizing our free will and our preferences and what we're looking to bring forward and to reclaim in this next cycle. And when we look at the idea of of supportive cards for the next month, and we're going to talk so much more about the eclipses, the eclipse portal, the great conjunction about the solstice in a monthly medicine episode of the podcast that's coming either on uh, Monday or Tuesday. but also over the many subsequent episodes that we're going to cover in December. So we'll spend lots of time on that, on those themes then. We're just sort of touching on it now, but um, they're tremendous anchors for the times that are to come over the next, um, several weeks. And, you know, that we're really gearing up for in the next, um, for the next year. This 2021 is a very, very big deal, energetically, to put it mildly. Um, The eights in the tarot, really, um, we go into them one way and one kind of incarnation or version of ourselves as we are, and we leave them different, you know? And that doesn't mean that it's a snap of the fingers and that it's very fast. In fact, a lot of the eight cards are about initiating the transformative process, not starting um, and ending in just two seconds flat. Like we pull the card and all of a sudden we're transformed. It doesn't work that way in life, so it wouldn't work that way with a tarot card, of course. Um, transformative experiences are really intense sometimes. They really bring up all the things. They can be really, really contractive. They can bring up a ton of grief. You know, sometimes when we transform, very often we're outgrowing things. We outgrow friends, we outgrow old modes of, of communication, or um, we outgrow stuff that we feel called to invest in, we outgrow teachers, we outgrow even family members sometimes. We certainly outgrow beliefs and thoughts and habits and responses and patterns and that we want that. We're here to evolve, here to grow through what is uncomfortable. We also are always going through in this life experiences where we sort of, whether we know it or not, kind of enter into the cocoon and emerge as a butterfly or where we've been in the cocoon, and all of a sudden we realize that we never even realized that we were. Sometimes we're just banging at the door thinking, what the hell's going on? Why can't the next thing in my life happen? And it can take a really long time to realize like we're in this bigger process of shedding and rebirthing, which again, I think to some seems like a kind of esoteric spiritual idea, and yet we see it reflected in nature all the time. And we have tricked ourselves into believing somehow that we are separate from that which of course is not true. So this isn't about magical transformation quote unquote. This is not like a wave of a wand, this is not a snap of the finger. This is really um transformation through experience, through hard work and through the choices we make. You know, it can sometimes come in these realizations, but we have to choose to live out those realizations. We have to choose to bring inquiry to them. So it's about really, I think transformation when it is, um, kind of woven interwoven with personal responsibility and, um, critical thinking, you know, with, with, with a extra large dose of surrender and willingness (laughs) in there for sure. Um, you know, what, what, What happens? Why do we go into these cards kind of as we are and emerge different, changed, or transformed? Um, I believe that there are many reasons for that. Um, Life, that's a really important life experience. And of course, we really have a card for every aspect of life experience. Um, Sometimes even beyond our understanding at certain points, we can think, well, You know, this experience isn't reflected in the tarot, and then all of a sudden we can pull something that we never would have thought would have been connected to that, make these connections, which is why tarot really needs to be expressed, understood, utilized, and reclaimed by everybody. Because without everybody's insight, it can't really be the democratized tool that it is really meant to be. Um, but that's on another note. (laughs) Um when we consider eight, one kind of unique thing about it is that of course the number eight, when you tip it on its side is an infinity loop. And so that's really what we're talking about here. We're moving through a kind of a sacred alchemical process where there are these moments where we have these, again, realizations, these wake-ups, these, um, initiatory experiences or journeys where our eyes are opened. We have awareness or we're choosing something differently. We're seeing something differently for the first time, you know, again, really what is it to transform and how is that expressed or felt like what's our relationship with transformation? Uh, That can be a really powerful question to ask ourselves. Some of us, I think, um, have a perception. That's why I said it's not a magical kind of transformation. So we must have a perception of transformation, like if it's not ecstatic or external, or if everybody can't see it or recognize it, that we're somehow doing it wrong. When often it is a highly internal process, and it is only until the absolute last moments of the journey that the external changes begin to arise and present themselves we can be on a journey with something for 10 years more before we start to step into a place where we're actually um the external pieces of what we're so desiring are ready to come in and i think that that's important to acknowledge and remember not to say that somebody is going to have to be waiting A decade for something. But if you are, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong. You may not like it, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. So the the eights are not fast transformations, although they are very powerful. So we'll kind of look at at what that is. Um, Because these are the eights, they have a connection with both strength and uh, justice, because of both of those cards um, being mutable and moving, shifting back and forth from eight to 11, depending on the deck that we're using. Um, And, you know, strength, there's such a beautiful connection here, I think, with both strength and justice. And we can kind of lean into either major as this sort of larger mirror, this larger container that's holding the fullness of the invitation of the eights, that strength is always an invitation for us to touch into some part, something that feels big, overwhelming, maybe even frightening, confronting, just big, whether it be inside of ourselves or outside of us, and to do so with an open heart. And not an open heart in a way that is um, without wisdom, without intelligence. Obviously, we don't want to totally bear all parts of us and open up all of our gates and doors when we're not fully, um, you know, we want to be as open as we can while also having the appropriate boundaries that are important for us at that given moment. But there's a process of transformation that happens in strength. When we show up with an undefended heart, it shifts what we're showing up to, Other beings, even ourselves, can feel defense. They can feel armoring. They can feel the potential of attack. They can. And we can too. And that's why very often, if there's something within ourselves that feels really confronting to look at, it's when we actually show up to it with softness that something cracks open and we realize, oh my gosh, I've been so afraid of this thing. And I'm realizing it's just a part of me that's wanting love and attention and, 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 or, or clarity from me or boundaries or, um, you know, some, some real, um, strong communication or whatever it is. And it certainly changes a lot of the time, the dynamic of conversations, to hard conversations, often with other people, you know, when the heart can be open and we can be angry The heart can be open and we can be fierce. That can happen. Those things can happen simultaneously. So it's not about being like, oh, so soft and gentle. And yet there is a porousness that comes with this card. So we know right away from from reflecting on strength card that to move through the eights, it's asking for us to show up soft, willing, with an open heart. The eights bring up a lot more stuff then we, I think, give them credit for in a very general way, um, which we'll talk about when we get to them. But um justice as a kind of a flat, kind of the, the baseline of the justice card invites us to be awake to what is. Very often as human beings, we're here, we're there, we're wanting to be outside of where we are we have a belief that things should be different than how they are and by the way that belief is not always wrong but justice always says to us whether it's about a larger issue of inequity of injustice or whether it is a, a personal experience where we're just feeling like I want things to be different than how they are and that could be anything um however that's being experienced Justice is ruled by Libra we're starting with balanced scales it says, Can you be here right now, awake to what is? Can you drop into the reality, whether you like it or not, you're in this, whether it's right or wrong, this is happening. And it's only when we can acknowledge what is not what we like, not what we wish, not what we believe, not what should be, we can hold all those things. Justice asks us actually, I think, to hold both. Both the dream and the vision and the absoluteness of what we 100% know is equitable, is just, while also acknowledging in order to get there, I have to start with what's here. Starting with what's here opens us. It 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 blows open doors that are closed. Um, where we might be hardened in saying, you know, this can't be the way it is, Um, trying to bash open kind of a locked door, starting with saying, you know, how can I even gently begin to consider it may not be what we like or would prefer, and it may not even be quote, right. But if we can start with what is, if we can open our eyes to the reality of what's going on, it is only then that we will truly be free and available to make changes. We can't really make changes unless we know and understand what's here. We'll be ill informed. We won't really be able to listen. So it, it can't happen unless reality is acknowledged and honored. And that is a huge part of the transformative process being with what is and touching into it with curiosity with an open heart, there is so much emotional processing that comes up in justice for so many people. Even to to speak of like, there's a reason a lot of the time people cannot acknowledge reality. It's because for some folks, it's too painful to bear for some time. For some folks, it so shatters their worldview that their defenses get so high that they can't for a time see it. When justice comes, it does say you are capable, you can, maybe even just a little bit, touch into what is here, what wants to be acknowledged and honored, but it's only that sense of being with what is, with a curious, open heart, even if that heart feels frightened, feels scared, feels very tender, very angry, Um, all emotions are welcome, that's really the core of both strength and justice and is a really potent inroad to working with the eights because both strength and justice are transformative processes. Strength changes our own perception of our ability to touch in with our heart, with our own ability to touch in with um, our relationship with what frightens us changes our own relationship with our courage changes with justice. Um, justice is highly, highly transformative inner work that extends itself to the external, which both of them do. Both of them have this kind of relationship to the internal work that expands out to the external. Both are meant to start from within and then extend themselves again to, um, community connection to steps we take in the world, all all of those pieces. um, That's, I think, where the two merge, and that's also where they weave in all of the eights together. So there's a lot, a lot of of, um, potency in what all of these cards bring, and it's just really touching at the surface. It's not going so deeply into that, but um, the eights really do invite us on this journey of, of personal awareness and, um, reflection and inquiry where we see something we didn't before and it elicits and initiates a kind of a change in us. So the first eight that we're going to look at is eight of swords. So I'm going to talk about some of these cards from the imagery, the perspective of the Smith Rider weight, but really, uh, uh, with all of these lessons, you know, take what works and leave what doesn't. But also feel free to do your own kind of field work and field research on the decks that you use and see how the imagery has evolved from Smith Rider Waite or another deck. See if you agree with the imagery. You don't always have to agree with the imagery that you use. Um, imagery on a deck is not always actually even in alignment with actual meaning of the card. <laughs> so, um, we, we, you know, humans can superimpose their will on everything. So it's not to say, don't trust your imagery. It's to say, trust yourself and know that the imagery is just an invitation. It's not a law or a rule. You can really feel free to go beyond it anytime you wish. But, um, I do find it helpful to start with sort of, um, looking at that sense of Smith right away imagery for this example. So the Eight of Swords invites us to see things beyond the story that our mind is telling us. And in this particular story, typically when we get Eight of Swords in a reading or in a pull, we can have this sense of the feeling that we're trapped in something. And it could be a literal feeling like, we're caught in a position or in a situation that we don't want to be in. We don't know how to get out of it. It could be that we're kind of engaged in this social commitment and we don't quite know how to back out, even though we don't really want to, or or we, and we may want to, but we don't really know how. It could be that we're in a job that we, you know, um, isn't particularly working for us. It could be that we're, we're literally just having a totally internal experience where the mind is inviting us into a story that feels so true something sucks. This project is so bad. This piece of art is so bad. No one's going to like it. I'm not on my game, whatever it is. I'm not saying to anyone, including myself, um, that those feelings are not completely valid. We can explore and touch into anything. The point is to inquire and ask, is that really the truth? Can we honor and acknowledge it may feel true? And yet here we are. Right. So that sense of inquiry, that's starting with sort of like a balanced slate, Um, looking at that is a really wonderful way to begin to work with Eight of Swords. Because traditionally, if you look at most cards, most uh, books, most uh, definitions that are rooted in, uh, you know, that speak of Eight of Swords, what can sometimes come up in these definitions that I think is really actively not very useful, is that it just stops at you're in a situation where you feel caught or trapped. It doesn't actually invite us to bring any inquiry to whether or not that's true, nor does it actually tell us what to do about it, right? So because this is innate, we're going into it one way and we're coming out different. We're coming out transformed in some way so the key with 8 of swords and we can see this is actually in the imagery in the smith rider way if you look closely at it that in that image we have a blindfolded person that person is also bound their arms are bound and 8 swords are sort of encircling this person from behind so it looks for all intents and purposes like this person is totally trapped has told is, is stuck is caught. And there's even something that I find I've always found very interesting, which is that on the ground near this person's feet, there's kind of water coming in. So it almost looks like the tide is rising a little bit. It's a very subtle detail, but to me, when I've looked at that card, it's always added kind of a, um, like a little element of, of panic and of potential danger, even like I've got to get out of this now. It adds this sense of real desperation sometimes to this energy. What this card invites us to look at though, is how the mind immediately goes to, well, I'm blindfolded and I'm bound and there are swords all around me and I cannot get out. And yet the feet are not bound. This person can walk and there are no swords that are actually in front of their body, which means that even though they can't see, even though they are not, their arms are not free, they can actually walk away at any time, at any time that they wish to. So the invitation, the truth of the eight of swords, now this doesn't mean that it's always true in every life situation, that we can just walk away from anything. Very often we're situations can arise that are enormously complicated. Um, But where this card is concerned in the situations that it can arise in, it's an invitation to consider, are we actually trapped or do we just believe that we're trapped? Is there actually an open window here that we can open when we're trying to smash down a locked door? Are we trying so hard to figure out how to get this blindfold off with bound hands when we could actually just walk, you know, in, and move our body in a way that might even loosen those bindings. So it's, um, a very, very powerful experience when you are living in, um, in this way with this belief, like, I can't get out of this engagement. I can't do this thing. I feel so locked. I feel so trapped. I can't do anything. I'm so stuck. I'm so lost. And if we pull eight of swords, very often it's an invitation that lets us know, sweetheart, you are so much less stuck, caught, and trapped than you you feel that way. But the truth is that you're totally free. And the truth is that the birdcage door is open you can fly out anytime that you want to, anytime. And that is often the case in circumstances like this, where we can think like, oh, this thing just is so bad. It's not right. It doesn't feel good. And sometimes those feelings are really, really important to acknowledge and honor. And other times it's the mind getting really, really threatened and really scared of us expanding in any way and wanting to pull us into doubt to just help us be in that sense of safety and of stuckness, um, quote unquote safety, and of fear and of contraction. The transformation that can happen in Eight of Swords is enormous because we can actually feel, we actually have the capacity to feel and groove a new neural pathway that helps us to look when we feel stuck, caught, lost, like Ugh! I can't do this thing. I'm not in the right frame of mind for it, whatever it is. It can actually help us to groove new neural pathways that help us look for the unlocked window instead of wasting our energy breaking down the door. That very often spirit or our soul or some part of our knowing, that sort of second channel that we all have is saying, just take one step in this direction and it will really loosen up all of these things. Why not just finish this piece of art? Or why not just write for the next hour, whether or not you think it's good or not, or record a podcast that (laughs) your brain might be telling you is not good enough. And just as a practice, say, who I am and where I am is good enough. And it could also be that if we feel like for example, we have maybe an engagement or an obligation that felt like the right thing now does not, we can tune in with ourselves and say, what is in highest and best for me here? What can I say? And it might be that we have the opportunity to do something so totally scary, but so transformative and courageous. And maybe say to someone, I'm so sorry to do this, but this doesn't actually work for me anymore, or I won't be available for this. And I can't tell you how sorry I am. Um, whatever it is, it's even if the person gets so upset with you and you're potentially holding space for their feelings, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was the wrong thing to do. It's an opportunity for us to see we're not our thinking. We're not our thinking. The mind is not in any way, shape, or form the most reliable narrator for most of us about what we can and cannot do or what we should and should not do. Very often there is a tremendous um, capacity for experience and creativity and beauty that we have that we can really invite ourselves into some story about how we just can't do it. You know, so the medicine of eight of sorts is to investigate whether or not those feelings of stuckness or caughtness or tightness or not seeing a way through the wall, wasting all of our thinking, all of our energy on how to strategize a way out of this whole thing could actually just be totally, um, bypassed by taking a step forward. So Eight of Swords also says, try doing something instead of trying to think out a way to do it. Sometimes that can be a really positive thing. Sometimes we can think in a million ways. Ooh, I wonder how I can express to a person that I'm interested in working with them or dating them and and I don't want to, I feel scared, it's not the right time, blah, blah, blah. You know, what might it be if we pull a card like this to just say, hey, would you be interested in hanging out? I would love to get to know you better. Or, Hey, I would love to work with you. I'm sure you hear that all the time. If there's something that you'd ever be interested in collabing on, um, I'd love to be a part of it. If it's of any interest to you, here's some ideas that I've had that I'd love to collaborate with you on. And sometimes even if the person doesn't ever respond very often, we can think, well, I'll never do that again, but we can also look at it differently and say sometimes just one experience with being brave enough courageous enough to say i'm going to put myself out there and try is enough to actually again groove a new neural pathway to deepen into our courage for future experiences so it makes us more solution oriented it makes us more this card can really help with that it can also help with us not you know not collapsing into giving up It can be a very, very radical approach to saying, I am unavailable to be told by my mind or, you know, to believe the the story or the invitation that there's no way out of this situation. Um, I'm willing to consider that there might be a solution that I've never even thought of before that might be right there for me. I'm just not looking in the direction that it might be in. I might be looking in a harder direction. I might be looking to say, I've got to bust down this locked door when something might be open. You know, what is it to actually, I mean, really the most radical thing about Eight of Swords is that it posits um, a world or an option in which the more easeful way is actually um, the way that Really provides the solution or the freedom that we're looking for. And we tend to not look it for the most easeful way out of things. We tend to really overcomplicate things. We tend to really say, oh, I don't want to drift out of this like bubble of comfort that I'm in. So the transformation that occurs in this card is huge. It requires our courage, it requires our integrity, it requires our willingness of spirit to work through the stories of the mind and move into a space of openness and of willingness to say, I'm willing to consider this could be a lot easier than I'm believing. And whenever we pull eight of swords, it is wise to at least put that intention out there. Even if it's not necessarily quote, easier, there could be other options, other roadmaps, other other pathways forward we're not even seeing. And just by saying I'm willing to open to a different way of looking at this, it can shift the energy profoundly that can really, I mean, this is the card that can ultimately, like that ultimately shifts the dial on our work with the swords period, because really the work we do in the swords is to get to know our mind better To get to know our thinking better, to kind of bless the invitations that come forward and say, okay, this is a great invitation. I can honor what's here. And I also know that, again, I'm not my thinking, that thoughts are not necessarily true. And in order to work with what comes up in my mind, what comes up in my thoughts, it's really wise for me to have a root system of observation, of being able to observe. Oh, this is an invitation from the mind into the story. I'm caught. Okay, I can honor that fully and completely. I can bow to that. I can let any emotion, any experience come up in that. And then it is part of my personal responsibility, my commitment just my to my soul work, to be able to say, is that true? It, you know, is that absolutely the truth that I'm caught and I'm stuck? It, maybe I could ask someone else. If they see a solution, sometimes you know, Eight of Swords is so beautifully solved in pairs or in groups or with the help of a of a trusted friend or loved one or 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 processor. So there's so much medicine that comes through that card and can be profoundly transformed. It can shift the whole way that we view the stories of our mind. You know, really, Eight of Pentacles we evolve and transform over time. We become masterful. We become experienced in some way through Eight of Pentacles work by showing up in repetition and getting better and better and better, more skillful, more experienced through experience, essentially, (laughs) through that repetition. We get Um, we gain skills and we grow over time through showing up and doing things starting from the, from the very beginning, starting from sort of where we're at and getting further and further into our mastery through experience. Experience makes the master. And, and very often with anything, if we're talking about mastery, first of all, mastery isn't a, um, solid, Place. there's not a period at the end of that sentence. We're always, always expanding. We're always teacher and student in one moment, anyway. Um, we put in hours with this card. This card is a reminder to say it's not it, it this is not like a quick fix. We have to put in hours. We have to honor that every experience that we move through is an opportunity for growth. Our journey of learning is never over. And um, it's again about lived physical repetition of experience. So if you are a tarot reader, eight of pentacles says, you know, cherish your dream of being a tarot reader with, with, um, that is maybe so abundant that has all of your needs met and there's enough abundance to give away. There's enough abundance to create systems of equity where, um, you can do reparational offerings. Like there's so much that can happen. Um, it, you know, we can have any kind of dream, you know, the, the biggest dream in the world or the most humble, small dream or some somewhere in between. And we can get eight of pentacles for that. That says, this is a long game and Every experience you have is building you into the practitioner, into the parent, into the teacher, into the worker, into the facilitator that you dream of being. And very often when we want to show up from a soul mastery, from a soul guided place, it demands that kind of commitment from us. So it's again, not, to say that we can't go right out there and blow up and do a beautiful job. It's not to say that at all, that folks who fall into success or a lot of work quickly are somehow bypassing this. It's not true. Um, but even folks who fall into things very quickly, will ne- there's no skipping this. Eventually there will be a time we'll get so far down the road and then we'll go back and we'll look at something else. We'll go back and we'll study something else. It's happened to me a million times in my practice with the tarot where I will teach and teach and teach from where I am, from what I know, and then experience or mastery or spirit or my own desire takes me into a different emergence with the cards, into a different experience with a particular card. And sometimes that's why I say, like, if you worked with me five years ago, it's going to be like a totally different person. My experience with the tarot is always changing. And it's changing not because of the books I'm reading. It's changing because of my life experience, because I will go through an experience, pull a card for it and think, oh my gosh, how so? How is that card connected to this? And all of a sudden, it opens up everything. And so I can look back on my work with the tarot and there are many, many imperfect pentacles along the way with um, certain cards where I started with with a belief or a story, or even with someone else's definition where I thought like, whoa, that really tracks with me. And the more I got into it, the more I reflected, the more I I grew as a person. I outgrew many, many definitions of those cards or when a student would reflect to me, Hey, this doesn't feel as inclusive or, um, I didn't see myself reflected in this. It's always an opportunity for me to say, wow, like I need to go back to the drawing board and think about why that might be. So, um, yeah, there's always amazing. And we all have those things in our lives that we're like one, two pentacles in, and they look really rudimentary. And where we have thousands of pentacles that are now at this point are so beautifully intricate and carved, where it's almost nothing for us to create those pentacles. And yet it brings us deeper and deeper into our mastery in some way. And I think eight of pentacles kind of redefines mastery, but, um, and taking it out of this kind of hierarchical place and moving it into a place of, um, you know, just constantly evolving in our learning and our understanding of things. But whenever we work with this card, whenever this card comes up, it's an opportunity for us to know that we are on a path of transformation. We are moving from one from kind of apprentice to master in some way. And that that experience, that just kind of time with our nose in the books, with our kind of working hard over time, and again, putting in the hours, so to speak, um, is one of the best ways for us to actually learn something with our hands, with our heart, with our eyes, with our our body, you know, to, to actually have enough time so that something that we feel a bit clumsy with can actually get just so, um, easeful, so much more graceful. And that transformation happens again over often a long period of time. It never stops. You know, it, it, it's always unfolding, you know, even if we don't see that unfolding happening as quickly as we want to, um, with eight of wands, this card is very interesting because, um, and I've even, um, explored it in this way, but very often when we look at this card, um, I've explored this card as, uh, kind of describing like a package that's en route to us, like something's coming, um, something's on its way energetically. Um, and that's not, not true, but it's just a refinement, um, and a, just a constant commitment to recentering on my part, because I don't really believe that the tarot can ever really be defined through external, um, means. Meaning if a card, if a definition is rooted in something is coming, um, it's really hard to root to that. Um, even in Wheel of Fortune, where we explore Wheel of Fortune sort of through this lens of, you know, change is moving around us? Can we root into presence while that change kind of flows and expands? We're not attaching to any kind of external change. We're always changing. Wheel of Fortune just really teaches us in the midst of ever evolving change, can we root into ourselves in any given moment so that we don't feel like we have to sort of be on top of every single thing. Like, um, it essentially takes us out of, um, spirits business, so to speak, and the things that we can't really control in this life and roots us into what is asking for our attention. So with eight of wands, I want to take it a little further. Eight of wands is really about us being in process, letting us know that, you know, the image of this card is often kind of these eight wands flying in midair. It's letting us know you've thrown your wand in some way. You've said yes to something. You've committed your energy to something. And you've said, again, a sacred yes in some way. The wands are all about the root of our energy. And there's really a connection to, it's, you know, again, like all of us have different roots, different sources, different capacities for, for energetic output. Um, and when we say a sacred soul, yes, to something, anytime we do that, it means that as soon as we do that, the energetic process that moves us from that yes to the actual Meeting with the final outcome of whatever that process is, whatever it happens to be, is now in process. If we say, Yes, I am saying yes to a desire to be a parent, I feel a call to parenthood, or there's an invitation into parenthood, that is sometimes a very long process from the yes to a baby. And often, The journey is so different for every person who goes through that journey. Um, sometimes, um, where we get to at the end of the journey is that, um, there's a different kind of expression of parenthood or love than the traditional one that we might have known. Maybe we don't have our own biological children or even adopt a child, but offer that love to the other children in our lives or, um, You know, whatever it might be. But it's often a big process. And Eight of Wands is a reminder to us it is in process. And we can have a tendency to get really impatient, to get really scared, to get into doubt, to say, I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, I said yes and nothing's occurring. Do I need to kind of say yes again? Do I need to reaffirm my yes? And you can do whatever you want. But Um, the answer really is no. If you've said that, yes, the most important thing is to continue to show up to the things that are now arising as a result of you saying that. Yes. I know for myself, when I've said big yeses to things, um, my expectation is that what the, the final result is coming like in two seconds. And I'm always somehow, get surprised when the process comes up that is is always uniform and yet never what I want, which is that there's a lot that has to typically be cleared or processed in order to make room for that thing. There's often it happened to me hugely when I was moving across the country. um you know, it, it was almost a year plus of of active, calling that in and calling that in. It was situation after situation after situation that came up that over and over again, I was told you're not meant to take this with you into a new place, into this move. And there were many things, both kind of emotionally, energetically, physically, literally that had to be cleared in order to make room for that. So eight of wands is really a transformative process over time. It takes time to build from an internal yes to an external result. So this card again is not fast, but the process has absolutely begun. And from here, we will begin and continue to lean into that crucial inner transformative work in order to be ready to actually harvest and reap and and love on all of those seeds that we've sown once they're ready to be harvested and will emerge with an awareness of how a yes can spiral out over sometimes years or bloom within us, um, how it's not really a linear path from that deep soul. Yes. That deep desire to whatever it is that we're working or building to. And from there we can, um, really lean into that. Yes. And the journey that unfolds you know, sometimes what we say yes to brings us into a journey that's so different from where we start. Um, you know, we can have a desire to move, um, somewhere and we can have a really clear vision of where we want to go and somewhere else can call us forward. And we can think, uh, I don't want to go there. (laughs) Like I've never even thought of that, but if we feel yes to like, we moved to Portland, we both of us, my husband and I kept hearing Portland. We had never even been when we started to hear about Portland. We didn't know anything about it at all. We didn't know about the neighborhoods. We didn't know. I mean, we really didn't know anything. Um, but we kept hearing and we really just wound up looking out so beautifully with the house that we're renting and, but it was so unexpected. We wanted to go other places out West. So again, Sometimes things change along that journey, but the process of transformation is in is in motion. And Eight of Wands really invites us to kind of rest in that deeper journey and um, bow to what is here, what really wants our attention in that way. And finally, we have Eight of Cups, which is just such a big, beautiful, important, powerful energy. Um, The invitation of Eight of Cups, when we get this card, it asks us to walk away from something that um, we have typically put time and love and effort and energy into that served us, that was so important and now no longer does now no longer does in quite the way that it did. And now we are invited to leave those cups behind in order to make room for what really wants to be birthed through us next. Sometimes this is not about a physical, typical letting go. Sometimes this is about the way in which we've been doing something. We need to you know, there's an eight of cups energy that comes in and basically says, Hey, the way in which you've been doing this has worked up until now, even if it sort of hasn't, um, it's gotten you to here, but you're ready for something different. Typically you're ready for something a little bit better, a little more easeful, a little bit more graceful, maybe something way more supportive. Maybe it's time to not, have your work or creative process be so, um, I know mine can just be so, um, torturous sometimes because Mm -hmm. of my own stuff, you know, with not trusting spirit, with wanting things to go faster than they are, you know, I'm a person. (laughs) So like, um, even, even, you know, everybody has a, a holy, sacred, beautiful, intuitive channel that flows through them. And even those of us who work from our channel uh, can sometimes struggle to trust what comes from that. And I always want to normalize that sort of humanness. We are in a human body, having a human experience with these immensely sacred channels, and it can get a bit messy from time to time. Um, But sometimes it's the process, you know, are you willing to walk away from that? Sometimes it's something bigger. You know, many folks have been going through Eight of Cups work as a result of the pandemic where um they had to close their business. They had to walk away from certain ways of working, Um, not necessarily in order to make room for something better. I would never be so insensitive to say that, oh, that's just like great. You know, some people are still in the deep deep grief places as a result of that um and i also know many folks who have had to shift the way that they've been working and it did was tremendously heartbreaking and there was so much grief and rage and fear and um trauma in the decision for them and there were also a ton of folks that i knew who um said you know truth be told i was so burned out i was so exhausted i didn't know how i was going to make this work. Um, I didn't know how I was going to continue to do this. I I did feel like there was something missing. Um, I did always want to do this thing. I just never knew I was going to be able to try it like this. So obviously that's not everybody. And I want to bow so hugely and with so much compassion to all of the folks who are dealing with tremendously challenging and heartbreaking losses as a result of their businesses due to COVID-19. Um, and it is Eight of Cups work where we are asked to walk away from something that we love and cherish. Um, and in no way are we bypassing the deep grief and all the emotions. that I mean, this is a Cups card. Like there's huge emotion in this decision. It's not always an easy one. And it's not always one that means that we were unhappy with what was going on. Sometimes we know that it's time to walk away from a particular relationship. And it doesn't mean we hate the person. It doesn't even mean if we were in a particular kind of relationship with them, that things were so bad or that we're, hap- that we're working out so badly. It can sometimes mean that we've outgrown them. It can sometimes mean that life is moving us in a different direction. It can sometimes mean that our our values, our our desires no longer align. They did, now they don't. So this card really speaks of outgrowing and holds a big, big space for the process that does come up for I think everybody in this card. This card holds a space of this or better always, you know, walking away from something for the hope of something that feels more aligned, but it doesn't mean that we have to feel that way. It doesn't mean that we have to just all of a sudden say, oh yeah, this is like great. Sometimes this walking away can be enormously painful, so challenging But if we can hold a space for the possibility that this is not a total um, end to everything that this has been, but a new beginning, if we can hold both, um, it just further deepens us into really what I think is at the essence of the cups, which is a both and experience that we can hold with so much tenderness and so much compassion, our feelings about things our emotions, our preferences that we don't maybe want to walk away or we didn't want to walk away as we did. Um, and yet it's here, you know, what, what does that look like for us? What does that mean? Um, I'm really going through this right now and it doesn't even compare with how some folks are experiencing this, um, in a lot of ways with my work, with my website, which is getting redone right now. Um, not, that anyone can see. It's getting redone behind the scenes. I, Tarot for the Wild Soul is so completely, my course is so totally in a transformative process of her own. And I don't know really what she wants to be yet, which is like just a part of the work and honoring that my offerings really do have a life of their own. But as a human who, you know, it's really scary and even though I don't know completely what's on the other side of the bridge, there have been a number of things that I've been preparing or, or have already walked away from with my work. And it is all the feelings. It's so intense to, um, shift things that, probably for some people if they heard that i was having feelings about shifting or walking away from some of the things that i do they'd be like okay i guess but it is a lot and sometimes we can't um sometimes folks can walk away from relationships and just think wow that was really sad it's really intense but i'm i'm ready for something different and sometimes it can take us years to process the walking away from that no matter what there is a profound transformation through the work we do in this card because, one, whenever we walk away from something, we always transform, no matter what. Even if it's the hardest, most challenging, most upsetting thing in the world, there is always a change that comes from it, whether we like the change or not. That's number one. Number two, there is something very powerful in the cup suit that is woven into us trusting ourselves. There's a lot of invitations with these cards that are rooted in trusting our choices, trusting our timing, trusting our emotional process that a lot of us, um, will sometimes underplay how big of a deal it is to walk away from something. Some folks never walk away from the things that are really, really clearly, um, You know, sometimes we don't know why we're asked to walk away from these things. We can have something, I know for myself, like, I don't know how different Tarot for the Wild Soul Course will be. I don't know whether or not it will be really quite similar to how it used to be. There will be some things that will be really different with this new version. And in other ways, I have no idea what's to come. Um, It's not like Tarot for the Wild Soul Course wasn't working and wasn't very successful. It was, but it wanted to be different. So there had to be some things that were ready to go and honoring that was really, was really painful. It brought up a lot of grief and that's appropriate. And for some folks, they might never take up that invitation because it might be too scary to consider, you know, oh, I I can't change this. It's working. Why would I change it? When really we're always changing, whether or not something is quote unquote working or not. there are always opportunities and invitations to change no matter where we are in life and so 8 of cups can really help us to value those things to actually evolve through what we're handed and to trust our decisions in the long term ultimately to say um i know for myself now after having gone through multiple big fiery 8 of cups experiences um I trust them when they come up. I do. Even if I don't understand them, even if I don't know why something doesn't want to happen again, it can be really powerful to bring about a deeper trust of that. And also there have been times where I've gone through endings for things that I have absolutely no clarity on why. It's totally devastating. And I allow myself to have as much time to process those decisions, um, as I need without feeling the need to, um, shorten it for anyone else's comfort, right? So that's a really big part of this card too. Um, the art of walking away when it's time is a big one. And this card really invites us into that space and it is a highly transformative process. Um, One that certainly, um, in light of strength and justice, take a lot of critical thinking, a lot of willingness to be in the reality of what is being asked of us, and a lot of courage of the heart, a lot. So this is just a taste, just just a little, you know, a touch into these energies and and some of the ways they, they can invite us into just really quite profound transformation and really big transformative processes that are really woven into the bedrock of life. It is so empowering and transformative when we feel super stuck and realize like, oh my God, the solution's been right in front of me. Holy shit. Now I can move forward. That's that's crazy. And, and I, I understand why my mind, um, like the solution is really expansive. I kind of understand why my mind wanted to invite me into maybe an old story that, you know, this is going to be so hard. I'm going to struggle with this so much. And it can, that I think happens to a lot of us and it can be very powerful to shift, to realize that there could even be a shift in our narrative in that way. You know, looking and finding those unlocked windows when the door is locked. That's very transformative. Moving through an experience when when something is ready to be bowed to, when we've reached the end of the road with a particular experience or relationship or situation or habit or process. And it's time to bow to all the lessons that those cups have brought us and venture and journey out to new. Paths of life, perhaps some that we never even um, considered that we would ever do or or touch upon or or experience ourselves. You know, in Eight of Cups, it's enormously transformative. Some of the most transformative experiences of life happen in that way. To move through a process of growth and of transformation over an extended period of time to move through the waves and the chop and the expansions and contractions that come along with saying a yes to something and then having to kind of go through the real time, um, day-to-day experience where it doesn't look like anything is happening, where we feel like, I I don't even think I, like, what am I... (laughs) Like, am I actually moving toward this thing that I'm, I'm working toward, you know, what is it, you know, um, to trust that when we say a deep yes to something that the journey that unfolds, that moves us from kind of point A to point Z, um, will be what it will be. But this idea that we have already thrown the wand that it hasn't hit the ground yet, we haven't gotten to the point where we're finally coming into oneness with our big move or our big life situation or um this kind of um a work that we might be doing on ourselves internally or a particular goal physically or mentally or emotionally that we may have that but to remind us, hey, like you did the, you started this, it's in process, those wands are gonna reach the the aligned finish line, whether it's where you envisioned or it's something perhaps even better or something totally different to consider. And, you know, there's huge transformation in that. And there's also massive, clear, beautiful transformation in the journey that we have all moved through in some way of our, in our lives where we go from not really knowing something to being really proficient at it. For some of us, it's reading and writing. We went from not reading to reading if we read and, um, you know, have maybe gone from writing in a way that felt more rudimentary to one that felt really graceful. For some people, it was understanding certain systems or certain subjects. Um, for some folks, it's, um, It's a style of movement or it's a particular, uh, way of being. It can be also building muscle, whether emotionally or physically or otherwise, or spiritually. Um, it can be tarot work. It can be anything. You know, if we set out to gain knowledge or experience in any area, um, eight of pentacles says, keep at it. You know, it's a pentacle card. It's earth. It's, it's, it's own kind of root. You know, it's, it's, um. If you're tending to something in the garden and you're planting the seed, it can take a while for that to really become a sturdy, fruit-bearing tree. You know, can you keep at it? Because the more you do, the more you're going to learn along the way, even if it's not directly where you want to go, even if the journey isn't a linear process. And that really is um, transformation in general, it's not linear. And sometimes in the process of transformation, our original, yes, our original goal or where we imagine that we'd be changes radically from just being in the process. It's just a part of life. If we can be open to that journey of transformation and emergence, emerging new from the very act of going through the earthly experience it can really, really open up our view of life in some really, really powerful ways. Thank you for listening to this, Wild Souls. Um, It's always such a pleasure. I will be back in just a few days with um, December's monthly medicine. We're going to be doing some regular episodes of the podcast. Keep an eye out. The threshold is coming back for 2020, which is a huge, energetic, intuitive, deep dive into the medicine of 2021. Hierophant, five-year major good stuff happening. Um, There's going to be like a full announcement about that on Monday or Tuesday, whenever that podcast episode comes out. And yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here, Wild Souls. It's such an honor to, uh, again, get to gather with you in this way and until we meet again in just a few days please take care of yourselves thank you so much for listening to tarot for the wild soul this podcast was edited by chase Orhees. the podcast art is by chelsea iris granger and it is hosted by me lindsay mack for more about the podcast visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on instagram at tarot for the wild soul for more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymac.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.